Are you interested in attending our conference yet even now, a weekend in Joel? This conference in March will go through the book of Joel. Um, Today is the last day to purchase your early bird ticket. For all details, check out the website today, datenwomeninthewordcom slash yet even now. in the Word podcast. We are here to kick off season eight. Um, so this season is going to be all about um, talking about the barriers that we encounter when we study God's Word. Um, I say we because I am here in the studio with a familiar voice. Um, so Jillian Hello. is here with me. Um, so back in the day, Jillian was the main voice that you heard with our guests. And now we've... Um, kind of gone through different seasons of transition, um, but we are so glad to welcome one of our Dayton Women of the Word team leaders back um, here so we can kind of share with you guys what's, um, what the season is going to look like, what we're going to be talking about with our guests, and just kind of the heart behind um, going through this topic. Um, so Jillian, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview about what we're trying to achieve in this season of the podcast? Yeah, you're probably listening to this podcast because you want to be in God's word more. Uh, But before you can move forward, there's some things to examine um, in your life because um, as much as we want to be compelled forward to the word, sometimes, um, at least in my own life, I have had like a really good running start. Maybe if, you know, it's earlier in the year, maybe you made a New Year's resolution to be in the Word and you have all this like gusto and then it might peter out. And so there are some things that really keep us um, from God's Word and it's worth a look at those barriers um, because they will uh, come back to haunt you as they have in our lives. So we, in this season, hope to look at both kind of the negative, what keeps us from God's word, but also the positive, what Mm -hmm. compels us towards it, how God essentially breaks down those barriers in our lives. And we know that it's really, it's God um, who we need to lead us in his word. Everything else is kind of our own striving. And so this uh, podcast is really, uh, we're really praying um, for God to grow our desire for his word um, as we examine what has kept us or what is kind of um, vying for our attention now to keep us from God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know uh, we will never come perfect to the Word of God, but what we're trying to um, do is ask God to create some humility mm-hmm. in our hearts to come humble, because that's where He is really going to change us. Mm-hmm. So for today, we're going to examine the barriers. We'll kind of unpack all season. We're going to talk a little bit about our personal journeys as well, um, and So first, we'll start with Bethany, um, asking her what what barriers we're actually talking about. Bethany, can you unpack a little bit about um, what we're talking about when we talk about the word barrier? Mm -hmm. So I think the um, one of the things that you're going to hear throughout um, this season is us referring to seasons and um, just how 
how loaded that word can be because seasons impact um, impact your time, impact your mental capacity, impact all sorts of different things. Um, so we're going to be talking about um, th- with some of our guests, you know, how their seasons are um, affecting their approach to the word. So you think about um, external factors like your schedule and maybe even how you were raised or when you came to know the Lord or what your family dynamic was or currently is. Um, So those are things that you maybe don't always have complete control over Mm -hmm. um, and they, for better or for worse, are going to impact how we come to the word, how we're able to come to the word. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things which we'll we'll camp out on this one um, for a little bit more time are those internal barriers that, you know, other people may not see, but that can be our own like biggest hurdle to coming to the word. So um, thinking about the way we think about the word and think about ourselves and think about who God is, um, how we approach scripture and different motivations that come into play. So I think one of those things um, that we want to talk about a little bit, um, at the end of the episode, we are going to discuss um, some resources for our listeners that might be um, things you want to look more into. Um, so this next little section is going to come out of Jen Wilkins' Women of the Word. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about approaches to scripture, sometimes um, our approach, while while not always completely bad or completely fruitless, may not be the best way to approach scripture. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I want to say that cautiously and sensitively because mm-hmm. we we know that you know God's word doesn't return void. Mm, right. So any time that we spend in his word is going to be fruitful because it is alive, it is active. He wants us to know him. Um, so he does not create barriers. Mm. He wants us to know him. So he is going to be working to tear down those barriers too. But there might be different approaches that we use that would result in a more fruitful um, knowledge of him and his word than others. So um, something that we wanted to kind of share quickly are um, some maybe less fruitful ways that we can often fall into when we're approaching God's word. And this, this again, comes out of Jen Wilkins' Women of the Word. Um, but she has a couple different examples that we'll kind of talk about real quickly. Um, there's the Xanax approach, the pinball approach, the magic eight ball approach, um, the personal shopper approach, um, telephone game approach, I love and then, these names. <laughs> and then the Jack Spratt approach. Oh my gosh. So one, one thing I also, you know, want to re- remind us to encourage our listeners, like we all have probably experienced one or more of these, maybe even simultaneously as we <laughs> approach the word. So this is not you know, this is not an accusation or anything. Just just know, you know, there's so much to behold in scripture. And, you know, we're a ministry that wants to help women get into their Bibles. Yeah. And there's so much power when we when we name something mm-hmm. too, it loses power over us. And um, I think that comes with that prayer of humility, like yeah. being able to listen to these and kind of laugh at mm-hmm. ourselves for, oh, there's so many ways we approach the word without even knowing what we're doing. And so these might hit close to home for you. And we hope and pray that um, God gives you a spirit of humility to to maybe um, graciously accept that you have done some of these at some point or maybe doing them now. 
So the first one, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist, so I'll, I'll start off with the <laughs> Xanax approach. And again, I want to be sensitive. This is not to make light of, you know, right. medication. Anxiety. The, the right. use of this. Yeah. Yes. Um, but this approach specifically um, is when we approach the Bible just trying to feel better about something. So yes, the Bible is full of encouragement and full of hope. The whole message of the gospel is full of hope for us, but its primary role is not just to be here to make us feel better right. about ourselves. Um, so that's kind of, you know, if, if you catch yourself like just opening the word so you feel better about things when you close it, you know, you're missing out because sometimes when we're in the word, we don't feel very good afterwards yeah. Yeah. and that's not bad. Yeah. So that, you know, that can be a shortcoming of that approach. Yeah. I was actually going to mention this later, but I feel like it fits now is that a lot of times we open the Bible, we think we're, we are the ones reading it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we realize, oh, it's reading me. Mm -hmm. It's reading us. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we approach the Bible, we can come again, come humble, because it's going to do a lot more work on you than maybe you think mm -hmm. you're doing on, mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. So the next one um, that Jen Wilkin mentions is the pinball approach. And this is where you just kind of flop open your Bible and, you know, quote unquote, you know, read where the spirit leads you to read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, that's not to minimize the the power of God. To, he can still use yeah, that. Yeah, he, he can still use that. But you just bounce from, you know, a verse here to a verse there and you miss out on context and, you know, what is the overall story of the book that it's in and the overall narrative of scripture when you're just bouncing from verse to verse to verse. This touches a little bit on personality type a little bit too, which we will talk about in this season as well. But there is a, a I don't even, I think it's perceiving. There's a, a personality test called the Myers-Briggs. You may or may not be familiar with it, but there are, um, it, it one of the, um, aspects they measure is uh, the difference between a perceiver and um, what's called judger. And it's not meaning like I'm judging other people. It's just that this J personality has a very like uh, logical approach to things. Mm -hmm. And the, the perceiver personality has a very much like they'll get to the same place, mm -hmm. but their way they go mm -hmm. about doing that is not A, B, C, D. It's kind of like I'm using my hand, but <laughs> it's like all over the place and they get back down. And I could see the P uh, personality might ha be using this pinball approach mm -hmm. more with a kind of open the Bible and point, close <laughs> your eyes and point, And that's where you're going to start. Yeah. Uh, so the next one we see is the magic eight ball approach. And so that's, you know, where you, you're kind of taking scripture and you might have like a specific question and you, you know, figuratively shake the Bible and then see if it gives you an answer to the question that you're looking mm. at. And so obviously we know that scripture is meant to like give us a guide and, you know, we have everything we need for life and godliness in scripture. Mm. But the problem that Jen Wilkin kind of highlights with this approach is that um, the Bible's primary function is not to answer our questions um, and that this approach misconstrues the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it demands that the Bible tells us um, what to do instead of how or who to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, um, so this is like a spoiler alert, but 
Um, we talked with a guest today who shared um, a quote that basically, you know, God isn't about the business of informing us, but transforming us. Oh, that's good. And so when we when we come to his word and we just want answers to our own problems, again, our focus has been diverted away from the God of the Bible and back to like our current situation. Right. Right. And that just touches on our identity, which can be a lot, can uncover a lot behind our presuppositions, actually, because um, even in asking people to be on the podcast, there's sometimes a little bit of a hesitation, like maybe I'm not the right person for this Mm -hmm. um, because there there's sort of an idea that we have to achieve memorizing so much scripture or having so much head knowledge instead of recognizing the moment that God saves you, you are now a woman of the word mm-hmm. because you are um, someone whose heart has been transformed to need, uh, well, you always need God's word, but mm-hmm. to incline your heart towards it really is what God does when he saves you. And so... Um, I think that's that comes back to we approach the word because of who we are. We're God's child, um, and instead of simply what to do mm-hmm. or what to achieve, even there can right. be this sort of competitive mentality of like, oh, I don't know that much scripture, so I must not be a yeah. woman of the word. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll skip ahead to one because I think that. I like to talk about the last two mm. um, together. So um, we'll skip to Jack Spratt. So that's basically the the picky eater approach. Um, <laughs> so you go to scripture and either you stick with what's comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, those of you who have kids, like they're only going to eat their chicken nuggets. Like we only go with to the- so much ketchup. <laughs> so much ketchup. Like half a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> So we only stick to the sections of scripture either either that we're comfortable with or that give us, you know, the feelings or whatever that we want. Um, So we miss out on like the full picture of what scripture has to offer. And often, you know, we're going to be confronted with our own sin in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so that's not always something that we feel particularly like inclined and excited to experience. Mm -hmm. So we miss out on that refining work of the spirit by only sticking with what we feel comfortable yeah, in. Absolutely. Yeah, there's not a, I was still thinking about chicken nuggets for some reason, but I was just thinking like there's not enough Chick-fil-A sauce in the world to like <laughs> cover up the reality of what junk that mm-hmm. is going to come up when we open the Bible and that is that's hard to go towards, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to go towards when you know that that change is really necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last two all kind of like lumped, t- lumped together because I think they complement each other really well. And that's the personal shopper and then the telephone game approach. Mm. And um, they kind of go hand in hand where you either are focused on listening to somebody else's discussion of the word or you're just reading, you know, reading texts or books about the Bible instead of the Bible itself. And I think those are those can be hard especially when, you know, you're first starting to gain traction in studying the word because we can feel so um inept to come Mm -hmm. to the word. So Mm -hmm. we want to rely on the Beth Moores and the John Pipers and, you know, Matthew Henry's commentary. Yeah, Yeah. Dave Women in the Word, Matthew Henry's commentary. Like, we you want to use all those resources 
um, because maybe you don't feel adequate to study scripture on their own. And again, like these are great tools, um, but they're not the word of the Lord from, you know, a holy creator um, who's written them for our benefit. So um, we kind of miss miss the picture because we're so focused on these other voices. And those should those should be things that supplement our own study. So again, they have a place, but they're not the end all be all. So mm-hmm. why, you know, if you want to know the God of the Bible, you know, why would you go through somebody else who is going to be presenting their their perspective of who God is instead of just going straight to the source? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think like if I were to just give my kids vitamins instead of like actual fruits and vegetables or like the meat and, you know, I just gave them that and expected them to grow, you know, instead mm-hmm. of giving them actual food. And there's actually a, a um, analogy in scripture about milk and moving from milk to meat. And mm-hmm. we really need to recognize that there's, there is a going to be a barrier to our maturity mm-hmm. if we don't take those steps into um, reading the word, mm-hmm. actually beholding it and um, asking God with his Holy Spirit's power um, to unlock um the riches he has for us in the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where, where we're coming from when we talk about maybe some presuppositions that factor into our approach, um, approach to the word. Other internal factors include our personalities. Um, so we will have a whole episode kind of talking about um, how God wires each of us individually mm-hmm. and then how um, that can be both a hindrance and an asset to studying his word. Um, we'll also talk about um, the mental approach, so different mental health perspectives in um, coming coming to the word. Um, so those are all kind of things that others may not see, um, mm-hmm. but internally they can um, be things that impact um, how we come to the Bible. Um, other things that are important, you know, if you've spent any time in in the resources that Date Women the Word has for studying scripture, we talk a lot about context and how important context is. So um, we are going to spend an episode talking about how um, our historical context or um, other other aspects of cultural context impacts um, our interpretation of the word. So reading the Bible in 2020 is not the same culture and historical context as it was when it was written. And Mm -hmm. so how do we, how to, how do we kind of rectify that as we're maybe reading some things that are very confusing when we see it with our um, current perspective? Yeah. How do I, as a 30-year-old white woman Mm -hmm. from the Midwest, you know, how do I approach? That will be very different. And I think that also takes humility. Mm -hmm. Again, I keep coming back to that word to recognize it's not necessarily a bad thing. This is, you know, that God has, um, you know, created us the way we are in the time we are. But there is a barrier to recognizing my own context uh, sometimes prohibits me from understanding the meaning of the Bible because it was written in such a different context. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, um, 
we're going to have several guests who are in different seasons of life share, you know, what what their current approach to the word looks like based on what their what their season is. And I think one thing that I've been um, so encouraged as, you know, I've talked to these sisters is just the reminder that like, you know, we need to honor the season that we're in. And, you know, we can all learn from each other's season, even when it's drastically different. And, you know, the the enemy wants to create isolation and create mm. comparison. Mm. Um, but we we are all these different facets of what it means to live life on this side of eternity and what an encouragement that can be. Like I can, you know, I can be encouraged by your season as a mom, you know, stay at home mom with little kids. And I can be encouraged by, you know, a sister who is, you know, retired and, right. you know, her, her kids are out of the home and it's not, it is should not be a source of isolation for us that Absolutely. like, okay, well they, they don't get my struggles of getting into the word. Cause I, I have to be at work at 7am every day and right. like, they're just at home. Like how divisive mm-hmm. the enemy can use our differences instead of it being like a beautiful picture of just how diverse, you know, our lives are. He, he, he'll use that for his benefit absolutely if he he can i'm encouraged by you bethany (laughs) (laughs) actually i go to house church with uh mostly single working women that are from the like 25 to 35 range and um i'm so blessed by them i just share that testimony to say that sometimes we create um barriers even to our sisters in christ by our differences instead of seeing the beauties that God has mm-hmm. for us within, um, within even those differences. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have, um, guests come in and either talk about, um, topics that maybe they, they've grown in expertise in, whether it's tied to their careers or just tied to their giftings and also all of them kind of sharing their own experiences, um, in barriers that the Lord has been gracious to help them overcome, um, in studying him and his word. Um, so Jillian, what are some barriers maybe that you personally have encountered when you approach the word and, um, how has that changed? Well, I'm going to kind of back up to give you a little history. If you don't know anything about me, um, I grew up in a Christian home and I went to a Christian school my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had the Bible, I had Bible classes often. And even in college, I had a Bible minor. And so I was surrounded by Bible all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think that I had... um, my heart wasn't always inclined towards that learning, um, towards that um, teaching, I should say. Um, many times because it was required of me, it was just another class, or um, because I felt maybe it was not my choice, but another's choice. And then when I um, kind of got out on my own, and that wasn't a requirement of me, I just found myself so needy for it, so thirsty for it, and recognized that um, that I just really I just really needed it. It was the core of who I was and to be without it was just really um, detrimental to every part of my life. Um, and so I I really started pursuing 
um, more depth in scripture, but I didn't always know how to do that. And uh, there was a point in my life where I um, had my first baby and I was no longer um, reliant on a lot of the parts of my identity that I had before, like this, you know, successful um, working woman. I was staying at home suddenly and I was just a lot of, um, I, I just kind of got back to who the core of who I was, was not, um, working or not working mom or not mom, but child of God. Um, and I just really saw so much of my own need, um, for scripture. I have to laugh at, uh, uh, a story that involves Bethany about 10 Uh-oh. years ago. Oh, geez. Well, we were in the same house church about 10 years ago, and I uh, we were going through the prophets, which something... <laughs> those, those minor prophet days oh, my always goodness. come back. Yes, they do. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're about to go into a conference where I will be opening up uh, the book of Joel mm-hmm. um, with the women who come alongside other teachers. And so just thinking about where I was 10 years ago and where mm-hmm. I am now, um, you know, God really grows us over over time. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a, an everyday growth, everyday nurturing. But at the time, I just had so much insecurity because we were taking turns um, in this house church going through the minor prophets and... Um, we were supposed to lead one week uh, through one prophetic book. Um, And it got to my week and I just chickened out. I was like scared. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was so ashamed because I had been the one who had had the Bible minor. I had been the one um, who was, um, you know, supposed to be schooled in these things. And I just didn't feel like I had a good grasp on it. And so I, you know, blamed, like, I was in grad school at the time, so I, I'm sure I was just like, I'm too busy, I'm overwhelmed, I can't do this, I can't give it the justice that it deserves. And so um, I, like, copped out, and I was like, Bethany, can you lead this instead? <laughs> so Bethany led it instead of me. Um, and so funny, because I just, that was, I had some some internal barriers mm-hmm. in my life, and God humbled me about five years later with the birth of my first child. He can do many things to humble us. That was what he did in my life um, to recognize that I needed to admit that I did not have it all together Mm -hmm. and I needed help. Um, And that was about the time the first State and Women in the Word study started. And I started admitting my need for help and recognizing my barrier of understanding. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to understand it more. So that is really a lack of understanding, a lack of humility, I would say, were two uh, big barriers in my life. Um, And now I experience a a temptation to think I have a lack of time. Mm. And I say a temptation too, because we all have 24 hours in a day. And I'm not saying that to shame anyone. I'm, I'm telling everyone just kind of, we're all at the same point of time. Um, now we prioritize our time very differently from person to person. Um, 
So God has been doing a lot with reprioritizing my time. And one is that I have more open Bible and less open phone. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure many of you will relate with that. But um, he has been bringing me to Psalm 119. And so I just have my my Bible open to that right now. And I'm going to walk through it a little bit because Psalm 119 has read me Mm -hmm. uh, many times. And and I've come back to it as we've been talking about these uh, barriers here at Dayton Women in the Word. But um, I just want to encourage you, if you're in a point where you're experiencing a lot of barriers to the Word, to pray Psalm 119 over your life. Um, And I would start here at Psalm 119.32. It's about the fifth stanza. Um, And it says, uh, I'll start in, in 25 and read the stanza that, that 32 is in. It says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord, lest me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Now that line in 32, when you enlarge my heart, I think that needs to be our our prayer. In the footnote um, in my ESV study Bible, it says that enlarge my heart here says, or make my heart broad, where breadth of heart or mind is an expanded ability to perceive God's truth. Um, And so I think the prayer is, Lord, enlarge our heart, give us an expanded ability to perceive your truth, and he will answer that prayer tenfold. Um, And when I think about earlier in that stanza, what do we cling to instead of God's word? I mean, I cling to my phone a lot of times, and it's evident when I take it away because I, I like can see what a habitual thing it is where I'm always like clinging to it, always thinking, oh, when I have a quiet moment, where's my phone? Um, taking it into the bathroom, uh, checking it at a red light. I mean, are you doing these things? You might be clinging to something else quite physically other than the word of God or talking to him. But other places through Psalm 119 I want to point out is um, – <clears throat> That might be barriers exposed to us. At the beginning of Psalm 119, it says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with their whole heart. Um, In other translations, it says happy are those whose way is blameless. Happy are those who keep his testimonies. Sometimes a barrier is that we think something else will make us more happy. And so we pursue other things um, because we we perceive the Bible as being less essential to our health or happiness than what uh, other things might be. Um, it's interesting, Psalm 119 is uh, organized according to the ABCs of the Hebrew, the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and a resource that we have listed here for you guys is an article 
called Busyness is Not the Problem uh, by Rachel Yankovic, and it's a Desiring God article. Um, and her argument is that we make room for things that are necessary in our lives. When something is truly necessary to our life, uh, we, we make room for it. I, I mean, think about the things that are necessary for us, eat, sleep, breathing, <laughs> uh, you know, what, what are the basics? Um, these ABCs are, are basics. These are, the Bible is a basic necessity of our life. And so we prioritize it just like we prioritize our three meals a day. We prioritize brushing our teeth. We prioritize, um, changing our kid's diaper. I mean, we, we really prioritize it. Um, in our life because it is necessary. And so um, we need to kind of reframe our our mindset to see how necessary it is. A um, couple other ones, uh, Psalm 119.24, it talks about your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. Sometimes we have a barrier of believing that other counselors are more necessary, other counsel is more necessary than our Bible. Uh, there's a barrier of false um, ways that we don't want our ways to be changed. Um, that is in 29, put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. Again, we don't want to be changed. It's hard work to change. Um, so we don't want to be exposed in that way. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, Psalm 119, 37. Fix my eyes on your ways, Psalm 119, 15. A lot of times we um, have our eyes focused on other things. For you, it might not be your phone. For me, it for sure is. Um, but what are your eyes fixed on right now? And see if you turn that off, how much more your eyes will focus on the Lord. So um, last one I br want to bring up is the barrier of spiritual warfare. Psalm 119, 41 through 42 says, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Um, I think that one really speaks to those internal barriers. We have a lot, what we say to ourselves, the lies we believe about who we are, our identity, and um, about our own ability to understand um, God's word. So um, as you read Psalm 119, you might find other barriers exposed in your life, um, but just begin praying through that psalm and see how God enlarges your heart as you approach um, the Word of God and watch Him just break away all of these barriers that are exposed in that. That has been happening in my own life, and I know it will happen in yours as well. So Bethany, what about you? What has changed um, in your life? What barriers have you experienced, and how has God torn those away? So uh, my background is uh, very similar uh, to yours. So, you know, grew up, grew up in the church, um, grew up in a Christian home, um, went to the same college, got the same Bible mm -hmm. minor. Um, so again, same things. Like, it's, it's just so funny to me that, you know, all of these tools that, like, we're relearning now and, like, teaching to other yeah. sisters, you know, we learn those as part of our homework for yes. our Bible classes, like yes. you said. But... I didn't, you know, it, it was a task to do and I got a grade for it yeah. and then promptly like didn't use them ever again. And now, well, 
for a long time. Yeah. And now I'm like coming full circle like, oh yeah, I remember doing yeah. that for a class. Don't like, you wish you could go back with the heart that the heart position posture mm-hmm. that you have now? I yeah. feel that way a lot yeah. of times. So um, I will say that I think um, the Lord has been very gracious. Um, probably I would say within the past, like maybe five to 10 years, it's still like mind boggling to me that 2010 was 10 years ago. Cause it feels like two, 1990 was like 10 years ago. <laughs> the, the math is hard. Yes. Um, but I think back, um, to when, you know, post-college, po- like mid-grad school um, was really when the Lord started kind of moving in me to actually make more of those strides towards like re- relearning um, how to approach God's word. And it's not that I hadn't hadn't been in his word that whole time, but just not like super fruitful. Like obviously, like we said, like his word is not going to come back void. So he's still still active, but not really like studying it um, the way that I could or should. And um, Jan Ward, who is now our um, written content coordinator for Dayton Women on the Word this year, um, she actually just released a blog post this week. So we'll um, link that um, where she kind of highlights the Lord moving in her life to remove some barriers in her own study. And that actually, her her responding in obedience to that prompting is what the Lord used in my life to mm. re-bring me back into his word. So um, you never know what God is going to do with your steps of obedience. They probably aren't just going to impact you. Mm-hmm. Um, so through that process, that was where, you know, I started using the tools that Jen Wilkin lays out in her book. Um, Again, that aren't like copyrighted tools, you know, they're very basic steps, Mm -hmm. but I was living in that, that belief or disbelief that, you know, oh, I don't have, I didn't have a Bible major. Like I didn't go to seminary, seminary. I'm a woman. Like, you know, there's just going to be aspects of like studying the Bible that aren't going to be for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not true. Um, again, those, those extra trainings are gifts and tools, but they're, they're just bonus. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, being with a group of like women who the Lord had started to like stir in our hearts, you know, there's gotta be more than just like wanting to do better each year Mm because it, it just doesn't happen. Um, so I saw that, you know, through that initial jumping off point, um, I'm not perfect by any means, but he has definitely like changed how important I see scripture. And like I said, like, I don't do it perfectly ever. Um, and I could be getting so much more out of his word cause it's just, there's so many gifts there, but he has been faithful to turn my heart towards him through that. Um, I used to be very fearful of the old Testament, you know, like, okay, that was cool and served a purpose, but it was just there so we could get to like Jesus in the new mm-hmm. Testament. Um, and it's so rich and so, um, so full of life for us. Um, so he's kind of removed that barrier of being fearful of, you know, those portions of scripture that maybe are less familiar or intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also been faithful to really work at my um, my to-do list mentality. So we talk about, we'll talk about, you know, personality and things, but I'm, I'm more of like a rule follower and I approach things where like 
XYZ is supposed to happen. And so like, I know that I'm supposed to study the word. And so if I don't do it, I feel like I failed or, you know, I do it, you know, I'll just open something up at night because I'm supposed to like cross it off my to-do list. So kind of, um, breaking that, um, that view of approaching scripture. Um, and then something that's been encouraging to me is just the, um, familiarity and application that then leads to integration, um, when you're in the word. So I think one thing that can be intimidating, you know, when you see people who like, maybe it's just the way that the Lord has wired their, um, memory portions of their brain where they can just rattle off, you know, chapter and verse all the time. And like, obviously scripture memory is so important, but I think something that he's been faithful, um, to really show is that, the more important thing is to just be familiar with his word Mm -hmm. so that you can bring that to bear in life and in conversation. And like, yes, what a gift it is to be able to like open your Bible straight to the passage that, you know, you have, but it's also just as fruitful to be able to share with a friend, like, remember scripture says this and like, you know, you can always go and look it up after the fact, but just like the fact that like the more you are in the word, the more familiar it is to you. And, um, the more you're able to bring that to bear in the day-to-day life. Um, one, one of the things with my, my role at Cedarville is that, you know, Cedarville faculty, we, we, write a paper that gets updated um, every few years about like our personal worldview and integration. And that was very intimidating to me when I got (laughs) hired. Um, So I remember talking, talking with that, through that with my mentor, because in some ways, even though I have known the Lord for a long time, like actively walking with the Lord, um, still feels like pretty new. And I still feel like very, um, very self-conscious about things sometimes. Um, And, I remember her encouraging me that, you know, your integration will flow out of your daily, like walk with the Lord. Mm. So don't, you know, you're going about it wrong if you're trying to come up with like all of these points to talk about, because that's never going to come if you're not in his word day to day. And I've just seen him, um, as he's, as he's grown me in my career and grown me in, um, we're working in oncology and people who are hurting, um, where scripture speaks to that. So, um, whether you're hurting from physical pain or, you know, you're just going through loss of some sort, like there's so much, so much there in scripture. And I just think like our, our church family has gone through a lot of pain this year. Um, and so something that the Lord has really, um, helped me treasure. And I've just seen this now come to be so applicable and integrated to so many parts of my life, um, is second Corinthians chapter four, um, verses in the section of seven through 18, there's several verses there, but, um, specifically he says, um, starting in verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, Mm. as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And um, I'm just 
it, it's just such a neat thing that, you know, he, he brought this verse to mind as I thought about the topic of suffering um, in the context of my career, but then seeing like what an encouragement this is, you know, for, for all of life, like even on the best days, like this is light and momentary. And even if this day seems like the best day ever, like <laughs> so much eternity yes. is going to blow down the water. And if so this day better. is terrible and the worst day and the hardest day, like it, it is light and momentary, not to, not in a way that diminishes the, the depth of our human experience, but it is a mist and it's a vapor and right. it's not all that there is. Right. So, uh, one thing I was thinking about in terms of um, how we prioritize our time um, is the where our eyes are, where mm-hmm. our hearts are, are if we're really truly citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. right? That that and if our eyes are fixed on things above, not on things earthly things, then our mindset is going to be so much different and we're, we're going to cling to God's word because we know that is something that is not changing day to day. That is eternal, like Mm -hmm. Bethany said. And I think anything worth doing is worth doing really slowly and deeply. And, um, there's no like, competition. Um, you know, we need each other to encourage one another, but we're not, we're all running the same direction. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so sometimes we, um, put rubrics on ourselves that God even is not Mm -hmm. doing, you know? Um, and so we really just have to check that mindset, check that our, are my, is my heart and my eyes, my mind fixed on what's right in front of me or on the Lord and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and on heaven and Mm -hmm. towards that race that is often Satan really doesn't want us to, um, check into. Mm -hmm. Um, he really wants us to focus elsewhere in every sense. (laughs) So as we kind of wind out this, um, season, season eight overview, we do want to leave you with, um, a couple resources that we've highlighted. Um, one last thing that I wanted to share, which again is from uh, Women of the Word, like total fangirl over here, um, but really kind of ties into what what you just said, um, Jillian. Um, she has a quote towards the end of Women in the Word, which I think is just so impactful, especially kind of going forward as we talk about different seasons and what that looks like. Um, but she says... Even if you are in a season of life that won't allow you to use all the tools of the process exhaustively, you can use them as far as your time does allow. Mm. Build slowly if you must, but by all means build. We may begin the work of building as rather sloppy builders, but we have a (laughs) faithful God who is patient with his workers and who equips them with all they need to do the work at hand. Um, So that has just been an encouragement to me because I think we can beat ourselves up when you know, our, our time and our seasons don't, don't play out the way that we want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that God is faithful even when we are not. And even when, you know, we could do better or we feel like 
we're mm-hmm. not measuring up. Like he is, he's still going to be the faithful one. Absolutely. And it shows where are we putting our faith? Are we putting our faith in our own self or in God's ability? He is able, no matter what your season is, he is able to break down those barriers. And so it's really an act of faith every time you open your mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, so uh, we mentioned Jen Wilkins, Woman of the Word. Rachel Yankovic's article, Busyness is Not the Problem. We'll link those. Um, I want to mention two other resources. One is Before You Open Your Bible, Nine Heart Postures for Approaching God's Word. It's a really small yellow book. Um, It's by Matt Smithhurst. Smithhurst. Um, And I'll just read through the approaches, um, postures that he talks about. Approach the God prayerfully, humbly, desperately, studiously, obediently, joyfully, expectantly, communally, and Christocentrally. Um, and I think each day I feel like one of those, maybe more than one of those, is a challenge mm-hmm. for me. And so it's worth revisiting that. Um, I read that whole book in maybe an hour. Um, but I think maybe before you um, start a new Bible study, this is a great uh, book. Um, really, I mean, it's called Before You Open Your Bible. But I think especially in those transition times between starting, ending something and starting mm-hmm. something, it's good to re-examine our mm-hmm. posture. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one I want to mention, it's called His Testimonies my heritage, women of color on the word of God. And this is a beautiful exposition of Psalm 119 that um, has really grown my my heart um, for, enlar- helped in enlarging my heart um, when uh, the, Matt Smethers talks about approach the word communally. Um, it's beautiful to hear different perspectives on God's word, and it really um, inclines my heart to want to read it more. So this is one of those that does that. So his testimonies, my heritage is the last one. All right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up our season eight preview overview episode. And we look forward to kind of sharing these um, different guests and different perspectives through the remainder of the season. Thanks for being back with us, Jillian. Thanks for having me. 